Hello everyone, welcome to our online Sunday service and we are so glad that you can join us today. We hope that you and your families are doing great, uh, especially in this time. And uh, you know what, uh, we're going to continue with our series entitled Life Together. And um, if you've been with us for the past two weeks, isa lang yung pinag-uusapan natin, it's all about relationships. Uh, we understand, especially tayo sa Victory Davao, we understand the value of relationships. And that's why we need to talk about this and what the Bible says about our relationships. In fact, for the past two weeks, we've been talking about first yung relationship between husband and wife. And then last week, we talked about the relationships between parents and children. Kasi Father's Day last week, di ba? And, you know, it's really important for us to understand uh, why relationships are important. Um, in fact, the Apostle Paul charges the efficient church. And yun yung basis, no? Ng ating series, Life Together. We're looking at the epistle of Paul to the efficient church. And what we see here in this letter of Paul is that he is uh, telling, he's charging the church in Ephesus. And I believe it also applies to us, no? He's charging the church in Ephesus on how to live their daily lives with other people. And tayo din, ganun din. Ano ba dapat? How should we live our daily lives with others? So this week, we are going to talk about something very interesting. This is about relationships in our workplace, especially in terms of employers and employees. Paano ba sila dapat mag-relate with each other? And whenever I hear about the workplace and uh, talking about our faith, isa lang yung question na laging pumapasok sa isip ko, the age-old question, how can I be a Christian in the workplace? Yon, di ba? And my hope and prayer is that we can answer that as we dive into some of the verses in the epistle of Paul to the Ephesians. In fact, today we're going to look at our Bibles. If you have your Bibles or Bible apps, Let's open all together to the book of Ephesians or the letter of Paul to the Ephesians and we will look at chapter 6. We will read from verse 5 to verse 9. So again, uh, please open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Now verse 5 says, Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of the Lord from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man. Verse 8, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, where, whether he is a bond servant or is free. And verse 9, masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with Him. Let us pray for a moment. Heavenly Father, thank You, Lord, for this moment, Lord, that You have allowed us, God, to read Your Word and understand it. Lord, we pray, God, that as we realize and understand the truths behind these verses, we pray, Lord, that You will open the hearts and minds of Your people, God. Allow us to receive Your message through the preaching of Your Word today. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I recently watched a video online, and this is a video by Christian author Tom Harper. And uh, he's talking about some of the bad habits that we can do as Christians in the workplace. 
Ito, interesting to, no? Kasi, of course, as Christians, hindi naman tayo perfect, di ba? And um, some, some of the bad habits that we can do was cited in, in this video by Tom Harper. Now, I'm just going to mention two of these bad habits and tatinan nyo kung makarelate ba kayo or, or if you're doing this also in your workplaces. One of the bad habits that some Christians do is yung inability to say no. Alright? Now, of course, there are times when we want to turn people down. Uh, we want to turn someone down, pero we don't want them to feel uh, bad, no? We don't want them to feel na parang na-reject sila. So instead of saying no, some Christians resort to sin zone, o kaya uh, they don't reply at all, o kaya iiwasan na lang yung person para hindi makausap. Tapos pag dumating na yung, let's say, may deadline, pag dumating na yung araw, sabi niya, ay, tapos na pala yung deadline, no? hindi ko nagawa. So, there is an inability to say no. And because of that, some Christians tend to avoid or some Christians tend to sin zone. Ayan, may natamaan ba sa inyo dyan? Maybe you're a, a victory group member na nagsisin zone lang sa leader nyo. Or maybe uh, volunteers at church, yung parang grabe na ang, ang plead ng, ng, ng ministry leader, pero sin zone pa rin tayo, di ba? Our inability to say no. Secondly is, uh, some Christians have the habit of avoiding confrontation. Of course, hindi naman tayo naghahanap ng confrontation. No? And our desire always is to have peace or to preserve the peace. But merong extent, to some extent, because we avoid confrontation, we resort instead to tell others about this offense na ginawa against sa atin. Let's say may isang co-worker or yung supervisor mo na yung parang hurtful yung sinabi sa'yo o kaya masyadong abusive. So, we resort to tell that, let's say, to our victory group leader or to our one-to-one -one leader or later on, sabihin mo na sa mga kasama mo sa office or sabihin mo sa family mo, sabihin mo later sa mga friends mo. Later on, you will realize that everyone knows about that particular offense except the person who did that offense to you. <laughs> diba? The avoidance of confrontation. And the, the, the article, the video, cites that as one of the bad habits that Christians can do in the workplace kasi it could lead to gossip, diba? And it could lead to something much bigger, um, conflicts. It could lead to misunderstanding, miscommunication, and you know, it could damage relationships in your workplace. And you know, these are just some of the bad habits that we can do. And whether you're an employee or an employer or maybe both, you may fall trapped in some of these bad habits. And so we need to understand, we want to know what the Bible says about our right behavior in our respective workplaces. Now, let me talk first to the employees. It says in verse 5 of chapter 6 of Ephesians, Sabi doon, bond servants. Now, when we talk of bond servants, of course, we are, we are technically not bond servants. But a bond servant is someone bound to serve his master for a specific and usually lengthy period of time. But this person is also someone who might nevertheless own property. This may be someone who has achieved social advancement or someone who may even be released or someone who can purchase his or her freedom. So in a way, hindi siya yung, yung real definition, yung slaves talaga during their time. But bond servant, 
And if you look at the description, medyo similar siya no, to how we describe employees today. Now, what the verse is telling us is that bond servants obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. Himahimay natin no, yung verse na to kasi marami tayong pwedeng ma-learn from this verse alone. It says there to obey your earthly masters. Meaning to say, we need to recognize that yes, God is our absolute and ultimate master. But at the same time, we also have earthly masters here on earth. And so, we need to obey our earthly masters with fear and trembling. What does this term mean, fear and trembling? Now, it may be described as yung bang having anxiety na you, dis- you distrust your ability completely to meet all requirements. Yung bang there is a dissatisfaction in you. You feel that you haven't met all of the requirements. And because of that, you diligently and religiously do your best to fulfill that duty with fear and trembling. Yung parang, ay, parang may kulang. So you, you do the best that you can with fear and trembling. And the verse says, Obey your earthly masters as you would Christ. Meaning to say, we should fulfill our responsibilities as though we are working for Jesus Christ. Now imagine that, no? Imagine if Jesus was your boss in your workplace, if Jesus was your supervisor or your manager or the CEO of your workplace, ano sa palagay niyo? What would you do differently at work? Well, probably for some of you, stop niyo na yung pag-download ng Netflix na movies using company time. Or siguro, um, you will stop playing mobile games during company hours. Maybe you will not arrive late for work na during this time. Uh, magiging maaga ka na, di ba? When you know that Jesus Christ is your boss in the workplace. Or maybe you will stop avoiding your boss during lunch. Yun, di ba? Some of us, maybe, iniiwasan natin si boss sa lunch kasi awkward conversations, makapagalitan lang tayo sa lunch. But when you know that Jesus is your boss, definitely, you will want to find time with Jesus kahit sa lunch time man lang. And you know what? Better yet, you may, you may be even be excited to go to work because Jesus is your employer. Or maybe you will submit your output way ahead of time, way ahead of schedule. Or you will probably work passionately even though the work is so difficult. It will change the way you work when you know that you're working for Christ. So this is my charge to all of us. Work as you would for Christ. Do your work as though you are really working for Jesus Christ. As though your, your output mo is for Jesus Christ. Now, anong itsura nun? How do we put this into specific terms? Now, in verse 6, it says there, Work not by way of eye service. Ano bang ibig sabihin ng eye service? When we talk of eye service, yung bang parang, Are you working just because your boss is looking at you? Uh, are you working just because your, your master's eyes are towards you? And then later on, pag wala na si boss, you, you slack off, you relax, you become lazy. That's eye service. And that's not a, a good way of doing work. In fact, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 45 to 51, it talks about working for something na when your boss is out, 
when you're working, when your master is out, it says here, Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to himself, my master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards. So the master of that servant will come on that day when he does not expect him and at an hour he does not know and will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Church, I hope that you're not that kind of worker. Yung ano lang, eye service lang. Secondly, we should not uh, work as people pleasers. Ito, medyo mas madaling intindihin. No? People pleasers. Are you working just to please your boss? Are you working just to please your fellow employees in order to gain favor later on? Some of us kasi, we work kasi gusto nating magpag-good shot kay boss. Gusto nating uh, i-please yung earthly masters natin because later on, we will ask for a favor. Let's say you want to ask for a vacation leave. So ngayon, magpag-good shot ka muna kay boss. Are you that kind of worker, a people pleaser? And you know, my hope is that we're not, we're not like that. It says in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Wow. This verse is telling us that if we are pleasing man, then we are not really actually servants of Christ. We are merely serving our earthly masters. We are serving our fellow men and actually not serving God. We are not serving Christ. People pleasers. And how should we work? In verse 6, it says, By doing the will of God from the heart. Kumbaga, with a sincere heart. We, we do our work according to the will of God with a sincere heart. Now, I want to pose this question to all of us, especially to the employees. What will you do if your employer asks you to do something evil? What will you do if your employer tells you to do evil work? Like for example, your employer uh, tells you, may dumating na maniningil ng, ano, ng bayad, sabihin niya, sabihin mo wala ako. Or maybe your employer will say, uh, paki-adjust na lang ng budget para may cut tayo dyan. Or maybe your, your employer, if, for example, you have a big project sa isang barangay and then your employer will say, bayaran mo na lang si barangay captain para approve na agad yung ating project. What will you do if you're in that kind of scenario? Now, remember, remember this, that our duty is first and foremost to God. Again, our duty is to God first and foremost before our earthly masters. And so, if our earthly masters tell us to do something evil, our duty, our duty to God is to resist this evil order that's given to us by our earthly masters. Church, resist this evil order. Say no to this. But of course, it's easier said than done. Kasi ang next question naman dyan is, what if magno ako sa bosko? And what if it jeopardizes my employment? What if it affects the way my employer looks at me? 
What if it changes the way he treats me at work? Or worse, what if I get fired because I won't follow the evil order? Diba? That's a reality that we need to face. I want to quote this um, article uh, from the website Theology of Work. It says there, We must acknowledge that the decisions can be complex. When we are pressured to do something wrong, we need to depend on God's power to stand firmer against evil than we ever believed we could. Church, as followers of Christ, we have the Holy Spirit in us. Amen? And as a result of that, we have the power to say no to sin. We have God's power in us to stand firm against evil more than before. We can stand firm against evil than we ever believed we could. If you think you don't have the capacity to say no to your boss's evil orders, the Holy Spirit in you gives you the power to say no. We have that power, church. And we can say no to sin. We can say no to the evil in our workplaces. And on top of that, you know, Verse 8 gives us an assurance from God. It says there, Knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Church, this is an assurance from God that whatever good we do, when we say no to evil acts, when we do good in our workplaces, this is the promise of God that we will receive back from Him. We will receive the good that we sow. God is going to show goodness to us. God is going to pour out His grace, His mercy, His goodness upon us as we say no to sin. This is God's promise, church. You know, uh, just to share a personal story, no? uh, there was a point in my life when I worked in a manufacturing company uh, because uh, my background is, a I'm a chemical engineer by profession and I worked in a manufacturing company for seven years. But I decided to leave my work there because it's taking a toll in my time with family. Kasi grabe, so sobrang busy nung schedule. I had to overtime, I had to work on holidays, I had to work on weekends. No, It really jeopardized my time with family. So uh, to cut the long story short, I had to leave my work there. It was a high-paying job. And so, diba, the, the, the pressure was on me. I had to uh, ask God, Lord, paano na yung finances namin? And you know what? After, months after I resigned, ang nangyari pa talaga, my wife and I got hospitalized. We had uh, different surgeries in different schedules. Sa case ko, I had appendectomy. And you know, ang, ang expenses sa surgery, hindi ba biro, diba? Surgeries will, will be expensive, and also, on top of that, uh, after six years of living with our parents, we decided to live separately. We decided to live independently. Because it was during the time when we received Christ in our lives and we understood the value of living separately as husband and wife, living and cleaving from, from our respective families. So you imagine the additional expenses na naman we had to rent, yung mga ganong klaseng, um, uh, responsibilities. And so, the, the, the pressure was mounting. But you know, I believe God honored my decision to prioritize my family by assuring me that He will provide. And true enough, 
God really provided yung expenses namin sa surgeries. It was cut by, I think, 10% na lang or, or around that amount na lang yung nabayaran namin. And as we rented, as we had our daily expenses, God really provided. In fact, months after I left my work, God provided another source of work for me sa online naman. And uh, right now, I'm now working as a full-time staff in Victory Davao. So God has really been faithful to us as husband and wife in terms of our finances. And it was an assurance for me that when I do good in my workplace or in my decisions in terms of work, that it will return to me, that, that I will receive back from the Lord. Kasi come to think of it, our work doesn't really define us, church. Your work, it will come and go. Uh, your, your work responsibilities, you may be promoted or you may be terminated. Your work right now may be the same for the next five years or maybe it will be different next month. Church, your work does not define you. But your identity in Christ does. Your identity in Christ will define who you are. It will dictate the way you live your life. Your identity in Christ will lead you towards your next work. It will lead you to how you will live out your work. It will dictate how you will live your life in your own workplace. That's how powerful our identity in Christ is. And that's what identifies us. That's what uh, uh, defines us, church, our identity in Christ. So again, to all employees, work as you would work for Christ. Now, let me talk to uh, the employers naman this time. Let's, let's talk to the CEOs or the managers or the employers or the bosses in your respective uh, companies. Now, it says in verse 9, sabi doon, Masters, do the same to them. Do the same to them? What are they going to do the same? Now, Paul, the Apostle Paul, has the exact same charge sa bond servants and also to the masters. And what is this charge? To work with fear and trembling. Ganun pa rin. With a sincere heart as you would Christ. Not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ. Doing the will of God from the heart. Rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord. The same charge that the Apostle Paul gave to employees is also giving to you, the employers. Masters, this is our charge. This is my charge to you. Masters, give orders to your servants as though you're giving orders to Christ, quote-unquote. As though you are commanding Christ something. Kumbaga, you, you imagine yourself. If Jesus was one of your employees in the workplace, how would you do things differently? What would you do differently in your workplace? I'm pretty sure some things will change in the way you do things at work. I'm pretty sure it will change the way you treat your people the people under your care. Like for example, probably you will, you will be gentler in, in barking orders. Kung dati, grabe ka mag, ma, mga saba, grabe ka mag-bark of orders, ka ng stricto, dictator kayo. Maybe this time when you realize that Jesus is one of your employers, medyo mag-tone down ka na, mag-mellow down na yung the way you give orders, di ba? May, may please na, di ba? Or maybe you will be more interested in their personal lives. 
You will ask your employees, kumusta na sila? Diba? The way you want to ask Jesus, Jesus, kumusta ka na sa work mo? Okay ka lang ba? Or maybe you will make sure that your instructions, your orders are always righteous. Na hindi siya evil orders, hindi siya under the table, hindi siya shortcuts, but your instructions are really good and righteous and honoring to God. No, it really changed the way you treat the people under your care. Now, in addition to that, in verse 9, it says there, stop your threatening. Kasi if you look at the context of the New Testament during their time, masters will really have a tendency to yung bang, uh, threaten their, their slaves. Kasi during their time, slavery still existed. No? Maybe in our context in the Philippines, wala namang slavery. Pero meron pa rin yung mga boss and subordinate, employer and employee, someone higher in position, and someone lower in rank. So may ganun. So in a way, uh, there's a sense na similar to slavery, but it's not really exact. But you know, in their culture, masters have a tendency to threaten and abuse their slaves. no? And looking at our context, come to think of it, diba, as I'm talking to the employers, don't you think it's cruel to force your employees to choose between obeying you and obeying God? Parang napaka-cruel na decision, di ba? Parang pinapapili mo sila. Uh, piliin mo sinusundin mo, ako ba o si Lord? That's an unfair and, and uh, a very cruel thing to ask of your employees. Na yung parang, if you look at the context ba, syempre if, if uh, a boss or a master tells the slave to do good, then no threats are necessary. Susundin naman yun ng employee, di ba? If the master tells uh, the employee to do something good, then there's no question. There are no threats necessary. But if the master tells the slave or the, the employee to do something evil, then probably dun papasok yung threat. Threat is necessary. Yung parabang, no, pag hindi mo ginawa to, mawawalan ka ng trabaho. Or pag hindi ka nag, uh, nagbayad or hindi ka nag-shortcut, uh, I will make your life here in the workplace so difficult. Diba? Threats will be necessary. But have you come to realize that these threats are actually threats against Christ? I'm talking to you employers. Whenever you threat or you abuse your employers, it's actually a threat against Christ. And in the grand scheme of things, choosing between your commands as earthly masters and God's commands... There is no contest, church. Walang contest. We can never compare. Our commands will pale in comparison to God's commands. Walang contest. There is no contest. Because the reality is, in verse 9, it says, He who is both their master and yours is in heaven. We're talking about God here. And God is, of course, the master of your employees. But wait, God is also your master as the employer. And God, the God of the heavens, is both the master of your employees and the master of you as the employer. That's the reality. Because, you know, we need to understand this. Kasi there are some employers who have this illusion na sila yung supreme master in their workplace. That they are the savior of their employees. Kasi after all, di ba, sila yung nagbigay ng trabaho, sila yung nagpapasweldo, so probably they think that they are the savior. But 
when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, when we compare ourselves to the God of the universe, the God who created everything, we will realize that we are all on the same playing field. We are all on the same level. Employees and employers, we are on the same level. We are sinful. We are imperfect. We are lost. We are in need of a Savior. We are in the same playing field, church. But you know, praise God, because He does not look at our work stature of, or, or on our position in the, the workplace. He does not look at our worthiness because we are not worthy. In fact, in verse 9, it says, God, In God, there is no partiality in Him. God plays no favorites. Ano ba yung partiality? Partiality yung parang you put favor on someone yung based on their outward circumstances, whether they're powerful, they're rich, they're highborn, di ba? Or you, you look down on people who do not have these qualities. Partiality yun. And praise God because God doesn't have this kind of partiality unlike us. And so employers, I charge you, to work as though you're also working for Christ. I charge you to stop your threatening. We are all on the same level playing field. So how do we apply this in our respective work? How do we uh, embrace and exercise these truths in our respective workplaces? Now, firstly, I want to introduce to you this concept called check your privilege. I've read this in Twitter. I've seen this in social media and People are calling out others to check their privilege. When we say check our privilege, it's used to suggest no, na some people are really privileged. Some people have a certain advantage uh, that others cannot enjoy. And that's why when you're, you're called to check your privilege, you need to look at yourself. Ano ba yung meron sa'yo na some people do not have? Like for example, I, I, I say, no, let's say I say na, Grabe ka traffic ngayon, ang hirap mag-drive ngayon sa downtown. Now when someone tells me to check my privilege, it's like allowing me to reflect na ano bang meron sa akin na wala sa ibang people. Like in that scenario, I I drive a car, so meaning I have my own vehicle. While other people are commuting and are also suffering the same fate as me. So I need to check my privilege na okay, so I have a car and others do not have cars. That's an example of, of, of checking the privilege. And you know, that's a good exercise for us Christians to reflect on what are the things that God has given us to enjoy uh, that maybe some people don't have. But unfortunately, when you look at social media, checking our privilege, medyo meron siyang negative connotation, meron siyang negative impact because when someone calls another person to check on their privilege, it's, it's like blaming that person na, grabe, dato lagi ka, powerful lagi ka, ingunanat lagi ka, check your privilege. And that has a negative impact because it, it puts blame on those who have been called out. It puts blame on people who have this kind of privilege. Na malay mo yung privilege nila, it's just passed on to them by their parents. It has a negative connotation. So instead of checking our privilege, instead of calling out people, why don't we lead them to their calling instead? Instead of calling people out, why don't we lead them to their calling? I love how the Apostle Paul 
somehow started this series of exhortations that he had for husband and wives, for parents and children, and now for employees and employers. I love how he started it by exhorting first about how we should live our lives. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Let me repeat that. To walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Church, we have a calling. All of us. God is calling us to something. And it says here, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So instead of checking our privilege, instead of calling someone out to check your privilege, why don't we instead check our purpose? What is our purpose? What is God calling us to do, especially in our workplaces? For employees, ano ba yung purpose nyo? Why are you there? Why did God put you in that company? Ask yourself, Lord, why, uh, ask God, what, Lord, why did you put me here in this particular position, in this particular workplace? For employers, you could ask God, what should you do to your employees? How should you treat your employees? How can you help and bless the people under your care? Check your purpose. What is God telling you to do, especially in terms of how you do your work? Check your purpose. And secondly, we need to recognize, again, we are in the same level, employers and employees. And so we need to recognize that we are all under God's authority. Lahat tayo, no one is except. All of us are under the authority of God. If you look at the Bible, and uh, it's, it's telling us of many realities, but I want to highlight two of these realities in talking about God's authority and us being under His authority. It says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, For all have sinned. All. All of us. No one is exempt. All of us, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, Jesus came and said to them, All authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Church, here's the reality. We don't have absolute authority. Even in our workplaces, yes, we may have some form of authority. If you're the employer, the supervisor, you, maybe you have some form of authority or, or, or uh, influence in your workplace. But guess what? We don't have absolute authority. Only God has that. He has all authority on heaven and on earth. And you know what's worse? Aside from wala tayong authority, we all fall short of God's glory. We pale in comparison to God's glory. But when we understand that God has all authority in heaven and on earth, we can now declare, we can now say, Lord, have your way in me. Lord, what is your will for my life? When we understand that it is God who has absolute dominion and authority over all, then we can declare, Lord, here I am, send me. What do you want me to do? 
What is your purpose? What are you calling me to do in this season? Church, recognize that. Recognize that God has a purpose. He has a specific will for all of us. And you know, there are a lot of things that God wants us to do. But if there are two things that we can do, maybe ito yun. First is, God is calling us to receive the gift of salvation by faith. God is calling us to turn back to Him. God is calling us to return to Him, to reconcile back to Him. And yes, maybe the, the verse is saying that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But it continues on to say that we are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Church, all we need to do is to receive this gift of salvation that God is so willing to give to all of us. This gift of salvation, this gift of redemption that is in Christ Jesus. I am confident that that is God's will for all of us, to receive this salvation by faith. And secondly, I believe God is calling all of us to go and make disciples. You know, if you look back at the verse that we read a while ago, Jesus came and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he continues on to say, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Church, we are called to make disciples. Go and make disciples. But you know what? You don't have to leave the Philippines. You don't have to leave the country to go and make disciples of all nations. Maybe God is calling you to go and make disciples in the four corners of your workplace. Maybe God is calling you to approach your seatmate or yung kasama mo sa cubicle or yung kasama mo sa, sa office. Maybe it's your supervisor who is having struggles right now in his, in his personal life. Or maybe God is calling you to uh, bless a word of encouragement to your superior, to your boss or CEO. Go and make disciples in your workplace. And to the employers here, go and make disciples. Maybe God is calling you to bless your employees, to treat them with extra care, to ask them how they are, especially in this pandemic. Um, maybe give them favor kung medyo nahirapan sila sa online work nila. Whatever that is, employers, go and make disciples in your workplace. And I am confident that God is going to reveal these things to you. God is going to reveal His purpose to you, especially in your workplaces. So here's my challenge to all of us. Work as you would for Christ. Whether you're an employee or an employer, whether you are in day one of your employment or whether you are about to retire, or maybe you are the CEO or the president of your company, work as you would for Christ. Whatever you're doing, do it for the glory of God. And my hope and prayer is that, as the verse says, that whatever good we do, God is going to give us the same goodness that we have sown in His people, especially in the way we work, especially in the way we live in our workplaces. 
Let me pray for all of us as we conclude. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for the work that you have given to each one of us. Lord, thank you, Lord, for the provision of our work, of our businesses. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We are in gratitude, God, because you have placed us in these specific workplaces for your specific purpose. Lord, I speak blessing upon every employee, God. I pray, Lord, that they will work, they will obey their earthly masters as they would obey you, God. I pray, Lord, that they will work as they would work for you, for your kingdom, for your purpose, God. I pray, Lord, that you will give them wisdom, God, in the things that they do, especially as they carry out their work, Lord. We pray, Lord, that everything that they do will always be aligned to your will for their lives. And Lord, I also speak blessing to every employer. Lord, I pray, God, that you give them the capacity to understand their employees more. Lord, allow them to serve their employees. Allow them, Lord, to lead their employees, Lord. Give them the ability, God, to to give commands to their employers with humility and patience and love in the same way that you also commanded us with, with patience and love as well. And Lord, I pray, Lord, even for those who are not yet employed or even for the retired people, Lord, I pray, God, that whatever we're doing, that, Lord, we will always work. We will always function as though we're working for you, Lord. Lord, we pray, God, that you will reveal to us our purpose, especially in this time. Allow us, Lord, to revisit, to check, to calibrate our purpose, Lord, and align everything that we're doing towards this calling that you have for us. And Lord, we pray that every day, Lord, we will recognize that we are under your absolute authority. And because of this, we can submit our lives to you. Because of this, we can say, here I am, Lord, send me. Lord, have your way in each of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Church, I hope you're encouraged and blessed by the word today. And before we dismiss, let me pray a prayer of blessing for all of us. Can you all lift up our hands as I pray this blessing for you? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Victory Davao, thank you so much for joining our online Sunday service. God bless you and have a great week ahead.